Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep is money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my people, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Aron Sports Podcast. It is Wednesday, December 4th, 2019. Week 13 of NFL is in the books. And uh, the cold weather's coming in, and the, the cold picking continues for Frankie. But uh, anyway, let's bring in Rob right away. Get uh, get somebody that's actually having a halfway decent season on the pod. How you doing there today, Crabber? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I uh, go go that far for sure. I've been pretty been pretty brutal all around, that's for sure. I I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, been a grind, and it seems like it's bound to turn around here, but it really hasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, uh, other than that, outside I'm going to, going to Vegas this week with, uh, my girlfriend and some other people for, uh, Tommy's 30th birthday, so that'll be fun. Good time. Maybe I'll bring some of that Vegas luck back home with me and, and keep that going here for the rest of the season to get her going in the right direction. Yeah, that'd be nice. Get something going, but, uh, I'm gonna miss out on the old house, uh, house clean there for G-Ma's house, but, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to sit that one out. But anything else new or interesting going on? Not a whole lot. It was uh, nice to warm up a little bit today. Got some stuff done around the house uh, outside and got the hot tub uh, ready to go again. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to, nice for some warmer weather. But I know that's going to change here in a hurry. I think next week, looking at pretty uh, pretty cold temperatures. Yeah, when I was coming back from uh, my girlfriend's place up in Detroit Lakes last week after Thanksgiving, is Pretty snowy roads, and there's was, was definitely white knuckling it there for the, the four and a half hour commute back home. It was a little scary, but made it back and uh, got there in time to watch the football, which I don't know if that was a good thing or not <laughs> with the way that went. Uh, but anyway, all right, we've uh, kind of already alluded to it a little bit here, but let's get into it and do a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right, so how did uh, week 13 in particular treat you, Rob? I mean, yeah, to me it's uh, overall I was, you know, kind of felt closer, but it's pretty bad when you feel decent about a week and you're still uh, losing, you know, not not profitable. So, yeah, I had a, a big play. I think me and you both did there on that Indy, getting some points there at home against that Tennessee team. And I don't know, I was two-unit play. I think that was my only two-unit play of the season. Um, or actually bigger than a one-unit play. You know, normally I just release one-unit plays, but I felt that was a pretty strong play and didn't really agree with the money. And, and you know, it didn't, it didn't work out, but, I mean, it's funny how, I don't know if people are just really biased or what, but watching that game, it was you know, one of the flukiest final scores for sure of the week. I mean, that probably along with maybe the, the Saints-Falcons, I guess, to a degree. Uh, but, you know, they're going in and kicking a field goal to go up and not only cover but win outright and cover the the, the original spread of three. Um, and instead they go and, and get a block field, uh, block the field goal and go and take it back for six. It's just a huge swing in the game. And, 
on top of that, you had other field goals missed by Andy. So we, we'll get into that too, but it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. I'm just listening to people on, you know, national broadcasts and anything else and some people I respect too. And, you know, they don't even mention it about how lucky it was to get that Tennessee game home, um, between the missed field goals, block field goals. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll get into it, but with the Vinatieri thing, it's, it's crazy. Even that block field goal. I mean, if you go rock back and rewatch that, that, that play, you could very, very easily make an argument that the, Tennessee guys were off sides, and it was just another missed call by the refs. I mean, um, anyway, I won't belabor it here in this section, like I already said. But, so yeah, that one there was just a pretty brutal for both of us. That was a huge uh, huge swinger. Um, for me, that would have been a pretty decent week. Instead, it uh, was a pretty bad week, or somewhat bad week. But other than that, I had a few other games. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, I felt uh, pretty strongly about and, and got there in you know somewhat easy fashion. And that Oakland team just didn't show up, so I don't know. I'm just uh, haven't been pressing the right buttons with Oakland, but that's kind of been the the theme for me this year, and just not being able to push the right buttons at the right time. So, yeah, all in all, it just uh, wasn't another good, not another good week. But um, nearing the end here, and uh, you guys got to keep grinding away and sticking to the principles, and then hopefully it'll turn around here at the you know, last quarter of the season and or uh, the playoffs. Yeah, I hear you. I, I was on Andy with you, like you said. They felt a little bit fortunate late getting those couple turnovers, but then from there on, it just seemed like they were in pretty decent control of the game. And then Vinatieri just keep trotting him out. I mean, the, you know, the corpse of Vinatieri just keeps trotting out and just missing field goals. And it's not ones where you look at it and say, "Well, he should have got that 34-yarder." It's like, "All right, 52, come on out there, Adam." You know, you've been struggling here for basically the whole season, but here you go. And then he misses, and it's like, "All right, well, get back out there. We know you got this one." It's like, "Dude, really?" <laughs> I mean. You don't want to send a message and say you have no confidence in them, but try to try to alter your game plan to to avoid kicking 50 plus yarders if you can. Um, that was pretty frustrating. And then the Jacks or the uh, the Tampa overtrain finally came to a screeching halt. That was annoying, especially with a couple turnovers for touchdowns early. You figure that was kind of a shoe in there, and uh, just boy, that Jacksonville offense is just just pitiful. I just figured they at least get some of. Uh, the points, the little garbage points that they did a couple weeks ago against Tennessee, and that didn't come to fruition at all. So with Foles being benched and Minshew back in there, I don't know if that really has much of an effect going forward on them. And then third one we went to head-to-head on, where I had the Jets and you had Cincinnati, and that's the second time this year I've taken the Jets in a short number against a winless team on the road, and both times they no-showed to the point where it looked like they you know, were getting paid off to lose the game or something. It was just absurd how little effort they put into it. Um, I don't know if they're trying to get Gase fired or what the deal is, but it's amazing how they go, you know, NFL, so things change from week to week. But they go from absolutely destroying the Raiders and just embarrassing them, and their offense has been clicking fairly well for a handful of weeks, and then all of a sudden last week it looks like they you know, had zero interest in getting off the plane. And uh, it almost looked like in basketball when they're not getting part of the team and they're just throwing the ball wildly at the backboard to prove a point that <laughs> that they don't want to be there and they're just throwing the game. It honestly kind of had that feel to it. So that was frustrating. Uh, another 0-3 week for me. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we can get turned around here and, and figure something out here down the home stretch. All right. Um, let's do uh, – I know there's a few qualifiers here, so let's jump into a little getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right, so what games qualify this week for getting the best of the number? Yeah, we had a few. We had three of them in total. Uh, we'll start with the first one. That first game of the slate there Thursday morning uh, for Thanksgiving Day, the Chicago at Detroit, uh, or the Chicago-Detroit game, and uh, that one opens a pick 'em. 
And close is uh, this one's a pretty weird move. We're just with the Driscoll news getting out and the the third stringer uh, for for Detroit. Uh, it moved right away, kind of to three and a half, three three and a half, and then it kind of just kept trickling up till kickoff. And that one closes high. It's five and a half or six. And this one landed twenty four to twenty right on four. So it's kind of a uh, you know, like I said, a little bit more nitpicky because of the movement with the quarterback and stuff. But definitely a uh, definitely a qualifier for sure, especially if you bet that at post uh, for Detroit. Um, or bet Chicago early before the weekend, or not the weekend before uh, Thursday and Wednesday before late before kickoff. Um, and the other qual- other two qualifiers we had. The next one was uh, Green Bay Giants total. A uh, pretty good example here. Open forty six and a half. You know that was your pick of the week, and uh, that's what happens. You know the bad part of recording earlier. Sometimes uh, you can't get the best of the number like that. I know I've uh, kind of gave you a red flag there from the weather, and I, I was kind of surprised how that well, I was the ball there and that. that first. Like I said it on the podcast last week, I was like, you know, the one thing that scares me about this is it looks like the numbers dropping and the weather definitely gives me pause. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if this number keeps dropping. And, you know, if you do get reports there's bad weather, I'd probably stay away. So it's kind of, you know, weak to put an asterisk like that on the pick of the week because I did, like you did get, I, when I was driving home on Sunday morning, I asked you and said what the deal was, and you said, "Yeah, it looks pretty bad." So, I mean, you did you did give me a warning on Sunday when I when I talked to you, but yeah, I, I'm so it didn't uh, sure surprise people on the, on the, too, on the pod. Yeah, anyway, I'm pretty sure I said somewhere we breaking down that game during the, the week last slate last week, but I did uh, lean under. But anyway, um, it uh, yeah, this one here opened forty six and a half and got bet down to pretty much because of the weather, I would assume, and got as low as forty three and a half, I think, is what I saw. Uh, landed thirty one to thirteen, right on forty four. Uh, in the last game, probably the best example, um, Oakland, Kansas City, open 54 and a half total, just a super high total. That got bet down pretty quickly. Uh, it was sitting at 51, 51 and a half, and then it kind of took some more steam under. Uh, and it got, uh, it got as low as 48 and a half, I think was the consensus. There was 49s too, uh, but that one landed 40, 40 to 9, 40 to not, right on 49. And I know people will say too about that, how that game ended. Um, went back and watched that about how the, um, blocked two point conversion there and got the two points of that whole deal. Definitely, you know, pretty crazy fashion how it got there. So pretty fortunate if he had an over, no matter what number he had that at. Pretty fortunate for sure. But uh, at the end of the day, that's what it landed on. So that's that for uh, this segment this week. Alrighty. Uh, let's, uh, jump into week 14 here. It's kind of, uh, a pretty standard here. We don't, we just have the one Thursday game. We got no London games, no buys. Nothing crazy, and uh, yeah, we got how many games we got? We got six, eight, nine, nine early Other games ones. and four okay. late games. So, all right, you know that's not bad. I'd rather prefer the eight and five, but nine and four is you know respectable. So, all right, let's start it off on Thursday. We got uh, Dallas heading to Chicago here. Dallas three point road chalk with a total of forty three. Yeah, my power rating here, Dallas minus three. Look headline, Dallas three minus 120. Westgate opened Dallas three, even money. And the Westgate total opened here 44. Um, yeah, this one here for me, it's just, uh, I just don't really trust the, the Chicago team. And I think especially after playing against the phony team and, and that Detroit, or not necessarily phony, but just kind of a, a team that's just kind of in shambles i don't really know how to explain them i mean they just been uh you know the quarterback gets hurt you lose stafford kind of kept them together to an extent and patricia comes there and supposed to be a big defensive mind from new england and he's supposed to be the you know the defensive whisperer and, and that defense has looked pretty awful too i mean 
I mean, didn't watch a whole lot of that Chicago Detroit game on Thanksgiving, but just the fact that you just look at the numbers and stuff that Trubisky was able to have that much success against Detroit. I mean, I, I don't think Trubisky all of a sudden got, got pretty excellent all of a sudden, not excellent, but you know, serviceable. I just don't think he's a good quarterback. And it's kind of funny how the, the narratives kind of change even just in one week, how people are saying, Oh, Trubisky maybe has found a little bit here. And it's just like, it's just super ridiculous how people can overreact after one week, especially when they're not playing against an elite defense or even a mediocre defense. So, yeah, this Detroit, uh, the Detroit defense didn't really impress me. So, with that being said, I don't know if Dallas is much of a, a huge upgrade, but I think they are slightly upgraded defense. And then this offense, I think, is going to be uh, obviously a much, much bigger task for Chicago. And I think spot wise, you know, just to me, screams Dallas here. Um, going on the road, uh, I, I don't, I don't like the number. I wish I could get a little bit better of a number. Uh, coming off a of three, I thought it might be, uh, there'd be some enough respect against, or respect for Chicago after last week and disrespect for Dallas in the marketplace after having a pretty awful game there against Buffalo and, and uh, like a must win type of spot or a uh, really, you know, game that they needed to show up to and another important, t- uh, game with the team that's, you know, pretty, pretty good and definitely a, top 10 type of team and obviously their record has been pretty good in Buffalo. So little discerning there for Dallas and the whole uh, coaching debacle. But at the same time, I think this is a game where, you know, Dallas, you kind of just get low on them and then they are a capable team. And uh, this could be to me a game where they come in here and, and take care of business rather, rather handedly. So again, you're not getting a whole lot of value like I like, but I think spot wise and uh situation, everything just looks to me towards a Dallas type of spot. So, We'll see where I can get for a number, but yeah, I think a small bet for me here on Dallas laying three on a Thursday night against Chicago. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, I don't, I don't love Dallas, and I haven't been a huge fan of them all year. I think they are, they have a decently high ceiling if they can reach that. Um, yeah, so far they've just kind of been a team that shows up against bad teams and gets beat fairly soundly against good teams. Uh, so. You know, what do you, what do you make of Chicago here? And Chicago, I think the last couple of weeks beating up on the Lions on Thanksgiving with the third stringer and then the Giants the week before that at home. I don't think that's all that impressive to really change my mind for what this Bears team has been for basically the whole season. And so in that instance, I pretty much am just looking towards Dallas. But yeah, this number coming in on three on the road here on a short week. That just doesn't really feel like much of a bargain to me at all. So I kind of wanted to take Dallas uh, coming into this, just looking at it. But then when you factor in the price, it just to me it just seems kind of pricey for a Dallas team. I don't really totally trust Dak or Garrett or any really any part of them fully. So I feel like you're kind of betting a little bit on the come here with Dallas and betting towards their ceiling that they haven't really shown a ton this year. And I think you. It feels like Chicago should be overvalued, but the way this price is, it just doesn't really seem like uh, they they really are here. So, uh, I guess long story short, I want I would want to take Dallas, but where this price is, I think for me it's just a pretty easy stay away. All right, on to the Sunday games. First game is a kind of interesting one. We got Baltimore heading to Buffalo. Baltimore laying five and a half here on the road with a total of forty three and a half. Um, yeah, let's see. My power in here, Baltimore minus four. Look headline, Baltimore at seven. Westgate open, Baltimore six. And the total you're open 44. The, yeah, to me, it's just, I've been pretty high on this Buffalo team. I think that's where I'll start this handicap. I've been pretty high. I think higher than the markets for sure. The markets have been just extremely low and disrespectful for this Buffalo team. And 
Um, I don't know if you necessarily see them catch up, but uh, I think they're starting to catch up, I guess would be the, the way I'd put it. Um, they're not completely sleeping on them like they have in the last, you know, pretty much the last month. Um, but that being said, you're still seeing a line with pretty, quite a bit of respect for Baltimore. Obviously, my power rate number comes in a little bit lower than this. So um, I was, I was kind of wanting to bet Baltimore here is where I wanted to look because they didn't look overly impressive against San Francisco. And I think, you know, give San Francisco credit, they, they, they did well against them and, and were able to contain Lamar in that running game to an extent. But I think the one thing you got to remember is, uh, the, the way that track played out and the field, it's just, uh, it's very, you know, very ideal for the, the San Francisco team, the way they play. I think, uh, slow down Lamar and just anything, you know, the speed can kind of keep it, uh, you know, you know, you're going to narrow it down on each, each side of the, of the, of the spectrum of keeping down the speed for Baltimore. I think that's where they're going to beat you. So when it's a slippery track, when it's raining, when it's stuff like that, I mean, it kind of limits your offense of what you can and can't do. And, uh, you know, so I think that I thought they might get a little bit, uh, overvalued there, San Francisco, and then Baltimore maybe come back where they're kind of getting a little devalued, but not really seeing that a whole lot. I mean, it was, the look headline was a little bit higher, so I guess you're seeing that to an extent, but I would argue that that's more on the Buffalo side than the Baltimore getting downgraded. So, yeah, all in all, uh, it seems kind of similar to the game, uh, the last game we talked about. It seems like I wanted to bet one side, figure I'll get a little bit of value off them, but really not the case. So, I mean, at this number, I could only lean Buffalo, but definitely something I'm probably not going to be involved with, as simple as that. So, um, yeah, pr- pretty easy pass here for me at this current number. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's Baltimore games are just tough for me because I know for oh, quite a while I wanted to bet against them. And I thought they were overvalued, and I still kind of think that to some extent. But obviously the way they've been just cruising up until last week where with the whole rain situation and and I'm certainly not totally sure what to make of San Francisco. I'm not really sure how impressive that was. Not to, not to say, like, not to try to downplay it by any means, but it's obviously not nearly as impressive as the Rams' destruction or the Texans before that or the Patriots uh, earlier in the year or even going to Seattle and winning that one by 14. So they really haven't done anything to make you a non-believer, um, you know, over the last couple months. And, and, and as far as Buffalo goes, they had just hadn't really beat anybody. And like we said with Dallas, we're not I'm not totally sure what to make of Dallas. So going in there and winning on Thanksgiving is impressive no matter how good Dallas actually is. But if, if Dallas is just a, you know, mediocre team at best, then maybe you kind of, then Buffalo really doesn't have any good wins basically again all year. Um, I guess they, you know, they did beat the Titans, which looks a little bit better now, but that was the last game with Mariota earlier in the season. So I don't know. I guess I, I don't really trust Buffalo enough to where I'm going to want to play them. In this range, but I also, even though Baltimore has been rolling a lot of people, I just don't, I just don't, I don't know, it just feels like there's no way the value side can be betting on Lamar Jackson and Baltimore when they're just the, you know, the most attractive team on the planet right now and everybody wants to bet Lamar Jackson. It just, it just seems to me like theoretically, you know, it just, or there's no way that that can be the sharp side, the quote unquote sharp side. So I don't think, um, Really gonna have uh, you know this is a game I I'll be really interested to watch this one actually I, I won't be involved financially but I'll be really curious to see how this plays out and I think if Baltimore does go out and, and destroy the Bills I think it kind of confirms the fact that everybody's been thinking for a while that the Bills are kind of pretenders and and that Baltimore's good 
But then I think if the inverse happens and the Bills hang on and win the game or keep it close, I think people will just kind of chalk it up to being a fluky, weird game. So I don't know if we'll learn anything from this one or not, but I think it will be one that will be interesting to watch. All right, next uh, game we got Washington heading to Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay gets to play their 10th home game of the season here. Uh, <laughs> joking around, obviously, but Green Bay laying 13 here at home and a total of 41 and a half. Oh uh, yeah, my power rating here: Green Bay 14 and a half. Look at line: Green Bay 14 and a half. Westgate open: Green Bay 14, and the total you're open 42. Um, yeah, it's kind of. I mean, we've both been down on Washington and specifically Haskins this this for the last uh, since he's taken over, I guess, for a while. I guess that was in the Minnesota game, uh, second half. I mean, he took over, took over for Keenum there on that Thursday night several weeks ago, a uh, month ago, whatever it was. Um, but, you know, Washington's playing hard. So I think, I mean, that's if anything, uh, if, if you're going to get a, a, a dog here, I don't know if I necessarily call him live, but if you get a dog with this much of a of, of point spread, uh, with the, this bad of a record and this bad of a team, I mean, do you, do you, that's something a little bit easier to swallow as opposed to some of these, these teams in the, in the past years, uh, you know, Browns, Jacksonville teams like that that have been you know just just abysmal but I don't know I, I still not really sold on this Washington team and, you know my power rate number shows that I just I mean Haskins really hasn't shown me anything still I think this I think the rest of the Washington team's the one to kind of tip your cap to that's trying so hard I really don't put any stock in Haskins and and, and with the, even with that being said I think if you had somebody like uh, Keenum or some serviceable quarterback instead of Haskins I you know I think they'd be a pretty sneaky team for uh, you know catching you know double digits or something like that yeah, but. Just- uh, just interrupt you here quick to confirm that last week Haskins QBR was 9.7. You know that's a zero to 100 scale. He was 13 to 25 for 147. The week before against the Lions he had a QBR 28. He was 13 to 29 for 156 in interception. And the week before against the Jets he had a QBR of 12. He was 19 of 35 for 200 yards and two touchdowns and one interception. So it hasn't been him whatsoever. He's, even though they have one he's couple off the of math. <laughs> What's he playing? Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah, so yeah, the, the, obviously the stats back with the eye test there for that. But so yeah, I guess it really comes down to if you're gonna be betting on this uh, on this Washington team, you're definitely gonna be backing the team, the you know, the, the defense, and uh, keeping the game kind of tight and giving them a chance in the fourth quarter. But I definitely want uh, still still really tough to get there with Haskins, especially when you look at a. A game uh, like Rodgers, too, that might be a sloppier game uh, as, as colder weather comes in. And I'm not, I'm not sure I haven't looked uh, too closely at the weather forecast, but uh, it just seems like, yeah, like I said, it's just going to be tough for me to get involved on the Washington side. And I just really have no, no no intentions of laying doubles here with Green Bay with a team that I think is you know, somewhat phony. So, I mean, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a fairly easy pass. I just don't have uh, another game It's uh, with this high of a point spread. It's just... Uh, always a dog or pass, almost always for me. And uh, for me, it's going to be a fairly easy pass at this number. Yeah, this game just sucks because, you know, as a Vikings fan, we really need Green Bay to, to stub their toe to have any chance to win the division now. And I don't, I just don't see it happening here. I, I think Green Bay is right up there with Seattle as the biggest frauds in the in the league as far as they're decent teams. They're not elite teams like their record would suggest. And it just. It's too bad that they're playing this Washington team that I don't want to say they're overvalued, but it just the fact that they came off these two wins here just couldn't be a whole lot phonier. And I put very little to no stock in the fact that they won the last couple here. Like I just when I was reading off those Haskins stats, it's like yeah, you said it confirms the eye test of he's done. He's been very very underwhelming, uh, to put it nicely. 
Yeah, the other yeah. thing too with with uh, Green Bay is like you said, they win the last two games, and obviously they're not going to be you know taking them lightly because they just uh, upset Carolina and similar points red range. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So it would be a little bit better. You could maybe make a case if they've been just getting absolutely destroyed. Maybe the Green Bay would overlook them, but yeah, they're not likely to do that. And then obviously Green Bay needs the game for playoff purposes for the division and for seeding. And I just think they're. Yeah, I, just, I want to bet against Green Bay, but I just can't do it with this Washington team because I think they're, they've overperformed their expected results here in the recent games. So then you look at the total. It's like I think Green Bay is a dead nuts over team, even though they didn't get there yesterday or last week, which was frustrating for me. I still I don't think they just showed me anything that they're not an over team. But then you look at Washington, and they're about as dead nuts under as it gets with a terrible quarterback that, is more conservative than he is a dumpster fire like Winston, where he's going to be turning over a bunch of great points. And you got Callahan, who's just been running the ball like, like he's getting a you know hundred a million dollars every time he he runs it. So I just no matter which way you look at this, it's just two contrasting styles and both teams I want to bet against. So just no matter which way I slice it, I don't think this is maybe the the biggest pass for me on the board. Uh, all right, next game we got Denver heading to Houston. Houston here laying nine and a half at home with a total of 42. I'll be my power in here. Houston minus 10. Look headline Houston seven and a half. Westgate open Houston minus eight and the total you're open 41 and a half. And yeah, this is another game. I just, I don't know. It's, uh, so far, yeah, haven't had a whole lot of opinions, but I just, I'm not going to jump in on something I don't feel too strongly about. But this, this Denver team, I mean, you, you're kind of buying both these teams high after their last last week's win. I think that Denver team fairly fortunate there. It's the Chargers what they do best. They kind of blow games at the end of the end of the game and unable to get it done in those close tight knit games. And um, I, don't, I don't know, walked and show me a, a ton. I think it was you know a serviceable effort, but you really got to worry about him after having a rookie come in for his first start at home and and playing a pretty tough game and, and having a big win like that. You saw him jumping around the field and. All that stuff after they uh, got the field, take the field goal after that pass interference call, the questionable pass interference call for the Chargers. Um, but yeah, you really got to question what he's going to be able to do here on the road now, going into a Houston pretty hostile environment. And obviously, they got a pretty big uh, competitive race there for the FC South, so they're going to be, uh, you'd think, bringing their full effort, but they're not in the best spot either after uh, looking really good and impressive on prime time against New England. So yeah, this is, to me, it's uh, my, my power rating number brought it a little bit higher, so. Um, I, I, I guess if anything, I'd have to probably lean Houston because I think this Denver team's a little bit phony, but I mean, it's just too many points for me. So yeah, pretty easy pass again. See, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to go crazy on this one, but I, I think I like Denver a little bit. Uh, last week was standing where they, um, uh, I guess, I mean, I mean, not last week when they beat the Chargers, which I think they were pretty somewhat fortunate too. But the week before that against the Bills when they lost 20 to 3 and just got absolutely nothing going offensively, that was a little worrisome. But ever since Flacco's been out and, and Allen number three came in, they've been competitive outside of that Bills game. And last week with Locke, I didn't think he looked terrific by any means, but I definitely think at least he's a little bit of a spark. And I thought showed flashes of looking decent. You know, he had the, a touchdown early to Sutton, and then another one later. Uh, nothing that was spectacular. He only went 18 for 28 and 134 yards, which kind of shows you more to the game plan. But they just kind of—they're, I think, a lot more of an under team. They're gonna 
kind of take the air out of the ball and play pretty solid defense. And then you look at it from a spot perspective, too, just Houston coming off that huge Sunday night win against the Pats. To me, it just seems like a perfect spot for a team that's not that well coached, you know, by Bill O'Brien to come into this game almost a little bit like the Vikings did against the Broncos, thinking they can sleepwalk through it, but in a worse spot because they're coming off this huge win in a primetime game against a team that's beat them up over the years. And now you're asking them to cover double digits. Just seems like a pretty tall ask. And I, I don't necessarily trust Denver to the point where I'm going to go nuts on this and, and, you know, make it a two unit play or anything like that because I don't know what to make of Locke or Fangio entirely. But I think, I think their defense has been playing pretty solid here for quite a while. And if the offense can give them anything, I just don't think Houston's really a team that is, that I trust to really blow people out and play a tight, full, you know, consistent game. So, um, I don't know. It's, it is a little bit scary with the, with the unknowns in Denver there. But, uh, to me, this just seems like it's a, a few points too high. So I, I think I'll come in here on Denver. Especially, too, when like you talk about totals being correlated to point spreads. Like the fact that the total's down there at 42 just makes those 9.5 points all that much more valuable, too, compared to, to compared to most times when the total's up in the 50 range. Um, all right, San Francisco heading to New Orleans. Pretty great game here. Another, another game that has a bunch of NFC playoff implications. Uh, New Orleans laying 2.5 here at home, the total of 44. Yeah, my power rating here, uh, Saints minus two and a half. Look headline, Saints minus three, Westgate open, Saints three and a half, and then quickly got bet down, uh, Westgate total open for this game, 45. Um, yeah, like you said, this should be a pretty good game. Pretty excited for sure. Um, yeah, I've obviously had these teams fairly close in the power ratings myself, and, uh, just based off that, San Francisco a, a slight, slight bit better, and you're seeing that from the number, um, obviously here at two and a half. A little bit of maybe a tiny bit of extra juice here on, on on the Saints, but I don't know. To me, I think this handicap for me it, it really comes down to what what do you think Breeze is for me? Because I mean, I think if you think Breeze is still an elite, you know, top five, top seven, eight quarterback, I think this is a pretty easy spot to buy buy the Saints relatively low and the and the and the uh, the Niners a little bit high. So I mean, I think this is a, definitely a Saints spots if you back them. If you don't believe in Breeze, and I think you can definitely make the case that he's going to get eaten alive by the San Francisco front front seven and the defense as a whole. So I mean, I think to me that's uh, that's really with the simplicity of the handicap. I don't really see much else to that from my perspective of, of how to come on that. And, and so I guess the question you'd ask then is where do you fall on Breeze for me? And, and I don't know. I guess it's it's I'm I really haven't. I haven't decided. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, so it isn't really helpful, I guess, from a handicapping perspective, but, um, I don't know. I just really don't know if I trust Breeze right now. So I guess if anything, I, I kind of want to look towards the San Francisco side, but not getting the full three. It's just, it's just hard. It's hard to justify and having them go into the dome, especially when I'm not too high in Garoppolo and he just, uh, they, they look pretty good and, uh, against that Baltimore team, best, best power eight team in the league right now. So it's, I don't know. To, to me, uh, I, just value wise, I don't think you're getting a whole lot of value on San Francisco. So the only way I can really bet this game right now is, is, is New Orleans. With with that being said, like I said, a big, a big huge uh, exclamation indicator light there, saying you know big caution warning for for Breeze because I think this could be a deal where late in the season I I won't be surprised if he kind of just uh, didn't look very good either. So I guess for me it's just a, 
a lean towards the Saints right now, but I, I'm kind of curious how this game plays out, and especially I'm curious where this number goes. If because uh, I won't be surprised if we did see some San Francisco money um, on the public and uh, maybe some sharp money too. I'm not really sure, but it'll be interesting to see where it goes. So yeah, very interesting line move and end game for sure. Yeah, see, this is a game where a handful of weeks ago I would have liked San Francisco a decent amount. Even though the, to me, it just seems two and a half seems pretty low. The fact that they're saying that San Francisco is clearly better than New Orleans and spot wise, you got New Orleans with a couple extra days to prepare after a home Thanksgiving game. And then San Francisco goes across country to play Baltimore is probably the best team in the league. And you know, they were all excited for that. And then they play a grueling grind it out till the end game in the rain. And then they turn around and then I got to fly back across country here. And back-to-back weeks, it just seems like a pretty terrible spot for San Francisco and a favorable spot for the Saints. So it seems like, if anything, it should be adjusted towards the Saints a little bit. And the fact that it's under a field goal here, it just kind of boggles my mind. Because I, I haven't been the biggest Saints believer that much this year. I, I was on a decent amount when they had Teddy, and, and he you know, game-managed and, and took his shots occasionally, but was pretty conservative. And just kind of coasted to a whatever 6-0 record or whatever he had. And then I was kind of in early on the breeze might be washed a train. But when you look at the last five weeks since he's been back here, that one horrific game against the Falcons that knocked me out of my survivor pool and I was super aggravated about. But other than that, they rolled against the Cardinals. They rolled at Tampa. They beat the Panthers in that kind of either-or game. But Breeze played really good in that game. And then against the Falcons, they won fairly easily outside of some miraculous onside kicks and whatnot. And so Breeze's QBR here has been 60, 70, 78, 88, and that one bad game against the Falcons. So um, I was expecting, before I really dug into it here, I was still on the, I think it's these teams are pretty similar, and they've got, they got really good defenses. The San Francisco's defense is probably slightly better, but their offenses I don't totally trust. And I'm still kind of in that camp a little bit, but, I would, I, if you're going to say which one would you rather take a chance with, like give me this, the New Orleans offense ten times out of ten over the San Francisco offense, and if they if they are if Breeze is kind of washed or on the you know the extreme downside of his career, I still think the offenses are fairly similar because I think New Orleans has a lot more talent around him, and if he is still relatively decent or you know good for him, then I think you're getting a really good bargain here at the Saints. So. um yeah, the more I look at it, I think spot-wise, uh, you know, talent-wise, the fact they both need the game, I don't know, just to me, it seems like everything here just screams that this this number should be three minimum. And you know, the, the New Orleans has a pretty good home field advantage, obviously, too. So I don't know what most people give them for home field, but it's got to be closer to three and a half than three. So the fact that they're saying San Francisco is clearly better in this spot, I just don't agree with. And, uh yeah, New Orleans for me here. Next game, we got Cincinnati heading to Cleveland. Cleveland laying eight and a half here at home with a total of 41. Yeah, my power rating here, Cleveland minus seven. Look at line, Cleveland ten and a half. Westgate open, Cleveland seven and a half. And the total, you're open 43. Um, to me, this one's pretty simple. It just, uh, I mean, you're, you're buying Cleveland rather low or not, or somewhat low comparatively to, I guess, last week or the week before. And then since the obvious, you're going to be buying higher than, any time all season, I would think. Just the fact that they uh, finally won a game here in uh, week 13. So, um, 
with that being said, I think that Dalty, and that's part of my handicap last week. I mean, he was just a, just made that offense look so much better. And I know a lot of it has to do with the Jets. They just look like they were zombies, uh, walking dead. But at the end of the day, there was times there where he was getting pressured and, and he was able to elude the pressure. He'd spin out of it and keep the play alive and throw for a first down and what have you. And we just weren't able to see that with Cincy, um, before that. So it's, I think he gives him a little bit of life, but I just don't, I just don't know. I, I'd have to go back and look, but I, historically, I think a team after winning their first game, it seems like they got, it's got to be a negative EV against the spread after they come back again, and especially when there's not much of an adjustment here. I mean, it, you know, slightly, slight adjustment, but I don't think it's a, a huge adjustment. Um, so it, it just seems to me like, yeah, it's just a little worrisome here on that Cincy side, but at the same time, do you really trust Cleveland laying this many points here? And then like my, like, like I said, my power rate number is seven and, and going above that is just, it's just too big of an ass for me. So, I mean, I could maybe see, uh, talk myself into it. Cleveland, you know, laying seven here at home and, and coming back with expect kind of like a blowout type of effort. Like we've seen a couple times this year, uh, Cleveland when they get their offense rolling and, and look like they're really confident team. Like we saw against Miami and then I don't know who they played before that. Who was that? Was it Buffalo or someone they rolled earlier and, and put up a ton of points and just blew them out, blew the doors oh, off when they forgot. Blew out. Oh, it was a Baltimore. I'm not sure. They put up 40 or I forgot what it was. Yeah, they but it put was up a lot. 40 against Baltimore, which looks more bizarre by the week. 40 to yeah. 25, they won that game where Chubb went crazy. Yeah. So, um, I know, yeah, they were running the ball and doing everything. That was, yeah, really crazy game. So I, I didn't think it was Baltimore. Um, so that's really interesting. But yeah, to me, this just kind of smells like one of those games again for Cleveland. Um, they, they kind of already are out of contention. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know if they're mathematically out, but it's going to be a pretty tough ask for them to come back and, and make a, get a playoff bid. So, um, yeah, this this one it just comes down. I think the numbers kind of right, uh, and uh, just spot wise, I think it's a good spot for Cleveland. But uh, again, I think you're paying a little bit of a tax on the on the price. So, uh, pass for me, I guess. Yeah, no, and I, I guess no I will say real real quick. I will say uh, I I won't be surprised too. It seems like this is another low total. I know I've been on a few Cincy's overs in the last few weeks, but this seems like another one. I don't really know why it's justified. Uh, again. Obviously, I'll be always caution with the weather. Um, looking right now, preliminary reports look like some wind, high wind, high wind speeds, um, a little bit, but still, I think, uh, barring not a, a, a bad weather report, this one seems like it's definitely uh, able to get up and over the total here at 40 and a half. Yeah, I don't know why is this so low. Like, I mean, what? They're not, they're not giving Cincy's defense credit because they shut down the Jets team that wasn't trying last week, are they? I know, I know that Cincy's played in a lot of low-scoring games here, but I think they have to do a lot with Finley and the fact they're just running the ball and taking the, taking the air out of it to try to get the games done as quick as possible. Yeah, I don't well, think that, they're that's necessarily. A, that, a, yeah, that's a good point. I, I just think we should you know make sure that people are aware of that too. I like, a lot of these things are just, a lot of these numbers are just mechanical, and, and here betting on a Wednesday, a lot of the big money hasn't came in yet. I know I make my big bets Thursday morning is usually when we uh, when we fire, and it's. Uh, so you're going to still see a lot of money come in here, but a lot of these numbers are just mechanical and they just look at the long-term statistic or long season long statistics for these teams. So yeah, exactly. Like you said, um, when you had, when you had a backup quarterback and for Cincy that was really awful and couldn't move the ball and didn't do anything on offense. I mean, yeah, it's a completely different team. I think with Dalty, I think anybody who watches the games or, or whatever can see that, but the stats aren't going to necessarily show that. Yeah. And you look at, you know, DVOA Cleveland's got the 17th offense, 17th defense. Since he's got the 30 offense, 30 defense, but that's the 30th offense with Finley for a lot of those games. And yeah, so I, I don't know. Like it's not something I would 
just be over the moon about because it is a division game. And but the thing is now the fact that Cleveland lost last game and that drops them to five and seven. I guess they're still not totally out of it, but it definitely feels like that might have been a little bit of a dream crusher against Cleveland last week. And you know, since he obviously has been out of it, and maybe they don't want to win again, so they're going to throw the tank back into motion. So that's why I'd probably stay away from the side because I just don't know. When you're starting to judge motivation like this, we get the Cincy team from last week. This is a huge number. But if we get the the Cincy team from most of the season, then I don't think you can make a number high enough. So I don't really have any interest in the side, especially with Cleveland's a team I don't trust whatsoever. You know, they could they come out and blow up Miami a couple of weeks ago and, and they could cover a number like this. And if you get the team that has 14 penalties a game and Baker, who looked just horrendous last week, come out again this week, then the fact that they're laying this many points is absurd. So not really sure what to make of it, but it just seems like 41 is is the number for a couple of a couple of you know under defensive battle teams here. So I just I don't really see it. Uh, it's not like a game that it's going to be super hard fought, and I don't think that either one of these teams is the Washington method of just running and taking the air completely out of the out of the ball. So uh, yeah, to me it seems a little low, and I would. Uh, I would lean towards the over, but no opinion on the side. Next game, we got an NFC South battle. Got Carolina heading to Atlanta. Atlanta laying three here at home with a total of 47.5, 48. Yeah, my power in here, Atlanta minus one and a half. Look at line, Atlanta minus one. Uh, Westgate open, Atlanta minus two, and the total you're open, 48.5. Uh, this one here, obviously, got to start with the firing of Ron, uh, Riverboat Ron for Carolina. Um, I know they're trying to change the organization there with the new owner and everything. So you got to keep that into account. I, I, I was a pretty big fan or not a big fan, but I think I was, I think he was a pretty good, decent coach. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily disagree with that, the move, but it's not, it's like some of these coaches where I'm, I think are just atrocious. So um, it'll, I think it'll be interesting to see how this, this team comes back off that. But I mean, just historically when the coach, when the team, the coach gets fired and a team is uh you know, knows that people are on the ropes for, you know, jobs, job security and everything else. Usually that's the next week the team comes back to play. And that's pretty well known. It's not like it's some, you know, hidden secret or something. It's a pretty well known fact, at least, at least for people that are sharper betters. But, um, I think to me, it's, I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the same type of trend here where you just back the Carolina team because of the coach being fired. But the fact that you add in that with the line move, I think there's definitely some value here on Carolina. I mean, it seems like we've seen this all year long with Carolina. Every time they look bad or people kind of give up on them, it seems like they kind of come back and play a really good game. And you look like look at that with New Orleans. I think it was kind of a similar uh, debate for Carolina going into that game um, before that, the, the, whatever, a couple weeks ago. And it looks like they were a dead team getting a ton of points or doubles uh, against against a division opponent. And then they end up and almost went in there and win the game and probably should have won the game uh, realistically. And they just looked like they were really competitive. So, I think this this seems like kind of a similar feel to me where Carolina's going to come in here uh, against a team that just is it's really tough to gauge right now in Atlanta. Um, I, I didn't really show up a whole lot there on Thanksgiving until that last quarter, but or last half a quarter, I guess you could say, uh, get get a fortune with those onside kicks and everything. But they did they did go right through that defense. It kind of had that Saints defense on the ropes. But um, yeah, to me, this just seems like a Carolina spot, and I, I know there is kind of a little bit of little bit to be hesitant about and it's not like a huge play for me but yeah if you can if you can get a full three a flat three to me that seems like a pretty good play here on Carolina and 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 take a shot here and and if they show up pretty flat and that's always in the cards here with this type of play they could show up flat and just be done for the season 
uh, dream crusher type of thing. They lost their coach and kind of just, you know, the, the bottom's falling out type of thing. But to me, I think they're going to kind of come back and play and, and be pretty decent and get that run game going against this Atlanta defense. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, I like the Carolina side here. Yeah. Uh, for, for what it's worth, I wouldn't really factor in the handicap too much, but old Perry Fuel takes over for the uh, the interim job here. He took over for Dick Duran and, and, uh, as the Bills coach in the 2009 season and led them to a 3-4 and four finish. So you know, maybe he'll uh, <laughs> rally the troops here. Great. Well, I guess so. <laughs> for that insight. Um, no, yeah, the thing with Rivera is I, I agree that it seems like there's, I think there's a thing, was it Mitch and Pauly or Gill or one of those talk about the, the coach fired theory where they almost always come out and play a good game the next game out. I know it's more so for, uh, like baseball and, you know, longer season sports. I don't know if it comes into play as much in football. Uh, one thing that would kind of maybe lean against that a little bit is I think Rivera was pretty well liked, so it's not going to be an FU game where I think that's kind of the most powerful spot is when they just absolutely hated a coach and then they get rid of them and they try to play as good as they can to make the coach look bad. So I don't think you're going to get the full effect of that. But I just do think Atlanta, outside of those couple good weeks they had, and one being when they killed the Panthers a few weeks ago, and it was just kind of a bizarre game at the Panthers. Other than that, Atlanta has just pretty been underwhelming to bad the whole whole season. So I think the Panthers with the firing off of an embarrassing loss straight up to the Redskins with a revenge against the Falcons who crushed them earlier in the year, I just think it's it leans like a decent spot here for for Carolina, and I think these teams are pretty equal. I'd maybe give a slight edge to Carolina, so Atlanta's home field isn't all that spectacular. So when you start throwing in all those little factors, it just seems like the full three here for Atlanta to be laying at home seems like a little a little pricey. Like you said, I wouldn't go crazy, but just see every little thing there kind of seems like it slightly leans towards Carolina, so that would be the way I would uh, I'd look in this one. Next game, we got Detroit heading to Minnesota. Vikings laying 13 here at home with a total of 43, 43 and a half. Yeah, uh, line power in here in Minnesota, 14 and a half. Look at line, Minnesota 14. Westgate opened Minnesota, uh, I think 14, and then they readjusted to 13 after the Monday night game, and then total here opened 42 and a half. Yeah, I don't know, it's, it seems, I mean, obviously the point spread's in the same, same ballpark, but it seems like the same type of game for me, um, with the Green Bay game. I mean, you got the NFC. North, uh, top of the NFC North foes here going against these bottom feeders of the NFL, uh, with, with quarterbacks that you're not too keen on, I think for sure. So, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I just don't really know how you make a case here for Minnesota laying this many points, but, um, you know, spot wise, I'm coming home here after uh, playing a pretty tough game there at Seattle and then looking pretty decent, but not able to get the win there. Um, so you know, they're, you know, they're going to be coming home and being, uh, hungry, but, after that, uh, that Denver game, I, I, you know, hopefully they don't overlook the Detroit game. You wouldn't think so being, a, a divisional game and they need every game like blood here going down the, the stretch. I mean, there's a, there's a scenario where Minnesota missed the playoffs here. And I know we saw it last year where they came off the bye and were just looked pretty dead the rest of the season. So from a Minnesota sports fan perspective, definitely hoping that doesn't happen because I kind of have that feeling in the back of, uh, back of your mind where that might be you know, on the table and just kind of, you know, worrisome. Uh, to have that feeling. So, I mean, this is a game I think they really need and, you know, hopefully they don't take lightly, but even, even if they don't, I feel, still feel like it's a, a big, big ask here to cover this many points. Uh, but I still don't know who the, 
the Trey quarterback is, and there's a lot to, for me to that, – that determines a lot. Because if Driscoll is playing, I think that's a pretty huge upgrade or a pretty decent upgrade here that might not be accounted by the for the market. So we'll kind of wait and see for quarterback. Uh, but, yeah, to me, uh, like I say every time, kind of redundant, uh, broken record. But, yeah, it's either going to be a Detroit or pass in this kind of point spread range. Yeah, and there's obviously a small sample size, but the Vikings are 2-4-1 and one against the spread when favored by double digits under Zimmer. I don't know if that's meaningful or not, because it seems like they do kind of blow people out at home is just kind of what it seems like, but maybe maybe that's just uh, a misnomer a little bit. I also, Zim kind of has the feel of just kind of, you know, win the game, business trip, almost Patriot-like, and, and get out of there and move on to the next game. So, I don't know. I, you'd think this would be a game where the Vikings should certainly win without much trouble. But when you start talking in this point spread range, I just don't know what to make of the Lions and that third string quarterback. And they're not, not sure if the, it just seems like the Vikings are kind of disappointed pretty frequently when they've had these games where it's like, okay, this is a guaranteed win. Just a matter of how much they're going to win by. And it seems like, you know, Denver this year, Buffalo last year, it seems like they've kind of struggled here. So I don't know. I don't know what to, what to make of this one. I, yeah, I don't have any interest in laying with the Vikings, but don't really trust the Lions uh, much at all either here. So pretty easy pass for me. Next game, we got Miami head to the Jets. It looks like the Jets are laying five and a half here at home with a total of 45. Yeah, my power in here, Jets minus five. Look at line Jets seven and a half. Uh, Westgate open Jets six and a half. The total here open 44. And th- to me, this game seems a lot like um, that Cleveland game, the Cleveland-Cincinnati game. I mean, you have these two bottom feeder teams in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and, and real bottom feeders, one of the wor- couple worst teams in the league, and they go both go in and, and uh, you know, have a pretty good effort. And, and comparatively, if you just look at the final score from the point spread, I think, you know, comparatively you have a, a margin of victory for the point spread, a similar range. So um, I think the, the team I worry about, I think more so probably is this Miami team. I mean, that was a, you could just see them there having fun and they're having that, that trick play there on fourth and one when they had it to the punt holder or the punter or whatever, whatever it was that, uh, had that weird formation and it was doing a bunch of stuff like that uh, against this Philly team that, and they were, were up pretty comfortably too. I know it was a good point, uh, Lombardi said on, on his, uh, podcast about how, uh, the, the Miami team just kind of out, uh, whatever. They just had more, more energy than that Philly team. They kind of just got gassed there being in Miami and, and the humidity and everything else. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that's something you got to take note of, um, when you're, when you're betting on the Miami teams, uh, teams going into Miami in this part of the season, when you got teams that are cold weather teams or snow or whatever else, just conditioning wise, you're going to, it's going to be just a whole different atmosphere. So I think that's a pretty good point to keep note of here, uh, for the rest of the season. But, um, yeah, I just really worry about Miami in this spot. And, you know, the contrary, look at the Jets. I mean, they look just about the biggest no show team of, of the week last week and just were completely dead. I mean, so this seems like a spot where they come back and, and look pretty capable again. And, um, you know, maybe blow the doors off of this Miami team. So, um, to me, I, I, I like, uh, don't know if I like the side, but I mean, if you look at the total, I think it's kind of similar. I know that's where I kind of always start, start the, the handicap of my totals is, is, is these bad teams when these, these defensive teams that are kind of, uh, you know, it's hard when you're bad teams, you don't really have a lot to play for to keep playing hard defense. I know you're playing for your jobs, but it seems like offense is a lot easier to, to put together when you're a, a bottom feeder as opposed to defense. So, I think you're looking at a pretty fair total here, fair price. So sitting at 45, uh, you can get it uh, most places here. 
I think that's a pretty fair total. We can get, go up and over uh, the total here for that. Uh, I see it, you know, creeping a little bit higher, so it might be something I won't, I won't be surprised. This kind of came uh, kept coming higher here. I, I, again, like I say every time, look at the weather, but uh, just just from a, a preliminary view and everything else, it seems like uh, you know might have a little bit of money here on the over. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this over. I was, I was thinking too of zero interest in the side because I don't trust either of these teams at all. I mean, either one of them can just be absolutely dead, or they can. Come out there and look pretty, you know, like a like a middle of the road, a better, slightly better team. And I just don't know what you're going to get on each week. But now with uh, Adams, the safety for the Jets, who is maybe their best player, he's it looks like he's going to be out here for a couple weeks. And obviously they put up a huge dud last week offensively, but weeks before that they've been putting up over 30 every week there for the last month. So I think there's a real good chance the Jets' offense can get back to it against a pretty terrible Miami defense. And Miami's just, since they put Fitzpatrick in, almost every week they've been in a shootout here, or at least the last few, that's for sure. They'd, in the last three weeks, it's been 68 points, 65 points, 57 points. And then before that, there a couple wins. They were actually lower-scoring games, and one did come against the Jets, and that was just a lackadaisical dead Jets team that had absolutely nothing going. So maybe get that effort again, and it does stay under, but even that game, they got to 44 points, and that seemed like a pretty, of the range of outcomes as far as total goes, that seemed like a pretty poor uh, outcome. I remember watching that game, and the, the Jets got zero going, and they still got to 44 points. So it seems to me like way, way more likely than not, they should be able to eclipse this 45 mark. And uh, Fitzpatrick's a little bit like Jameis Winston and that he's either going to put points up for you or he's going to put points up against you pretty quick. Uh, so either way, it's going to end up in points one way or the other. And to me, it's again 45. I don't. I know it's a interdivision game, but it's not like it's going to be a super hard-fought game here. They're playing close to the vest because both these teams are totally out of it. So you think they'd be a little bit more free and slinging it around? And neither one of these teams are super run-heavy teams. So I, I love this total. Yeah, up and over the 45. Uh, totally agree. Next game, we got Indy heading to Tampa Bay. Looks like Tampa's a three-point home favorite here. Some spots with extra juice towards Indy and a total of 47. Yeah, my power in here, Tampa Bay, one and a half. Look at line, Tampa Bay, minus one. Westgate open, Tampa, three and a half. And the total here open, 50 and a half. Um, yeah, this one, kind of one of the, another one, kind of jumped off the page to me a little bit. I mean, like I said, that the phony, phony final there for Indy last week, I think that was the biggest, you know, the phoniest final of the week for sure. And then, you had Tampa playing against a team with, you know, I, I was on Tampa, so I had money on them on the road there with that number, um, laying, laying a point or two, whatever it was on the road, but that one ended up getting pretty high, I think got above three there at, by kickoff, and um, that, that's just a lot of disrespect in the markets for Jacksonville, and, and just, again, they just no-showed, um, they just were dead, and then they had the turnovers and just didn't really have anything, especially with Foles at, at, at quarterback, so. I don't know. I think Tampa here has been going on a little bit of a run now. I think they're kind of getting some respect in the marketplaces for sure. And then the now Indy's kind of seeing you, you saw them last week. A lot of respect for Tennessee last week, but I think there's a little bit of disrespect for Indianapolis as well. And I think now you're seeing for sure some disrespect for Indianapolis in the marketplace. So you combine that, and um, I, I, I thought it was going to get a little bit higher. That's why I didn't get involved. So, I mean, I, I still like it at three. But, um, yeah, I was, I was hoping to get an extra three and a half here just to kind of get the market really over, over exaggerated this number. But, uh, yeah, even at three, 
Uh, still like Indy, the Indy side. I feel like they're a, a better team here, and uh, I'm not going to give Tampa a full three points. So I, I don't really understand this number. My power rating number comes in at one and a half. That's where I think this number should probably be. So, yeah, I'm going to have a pretty uh, another decent bet on Indy this week. But, again, it's just going to be tough for me to get to the window when you have that Vinatieri um, deal. So I know he's on the injury report. So, I mean, to me, I'm going to kind of wait and see. I just don't know if I can pull the trigger again when he's in, in there. Uh, as a kicker, I mean, you just look at these close games, and it's just super hard to keep banging your head against the wall. And and, and I will say, I, I think it's kind of a lazy uh, analysis for some people. They'd say, oh, yeah, Vinatieri, blah, blah, blah. And, like, he did miss one kick really badly that he shouldn't have missed. But the other two, the line just collapsed. And I, like I mentioned earlier in the segment, uh, earlier in the podcast and in the other segment, I mean, that they very easily could have called an offsides call for Tennessee, and it probably should have on the right side there, um, on the right side of the offensive line. They just jumped, they jumped over really quick and then that's what ended up blocking the kick. So it really had nothing to do with Vinatieri for that one. Um, but you just look at the difference in that game. If they make that call, they call the offsides five yard penalty, five yards closer for Vinatieri who's been struggling. And if they do make that, I mean, Indy might go and win that game. And again, I know T- uh, Tennessee could have got the ball, but it's just, uh, just a complete change of the, of, of everything. The way you look at that game, if, if that call was maybe made or, or they, you know, I don't know why that was made, but you really can't blame Vinatieri for that, that deal. Uh, that play there when it got blocked and they returned it for a touchdown. So I, I, I would like to see um, them replacing with another kicker. And to me, I don't really care if you put it in, put in the X, uh, kicker X, and I'll, I'll pretty much really like the indie side because any kind of new kicker will give them some more confidence uh, than what, what Vinatieri has. So to me, uh, yeah, they will I mean, I, Chase McLaughlin off waivers Wednesday. So along with Vinatieri's knee, they said there's going to be a little competition this week. So he's sure to think if he has a pulse, he's going to beat him out, at least for this game. Yeah, and obviously the kicker is not going to move the needle. I mean, just, you know, that's not going to move the needle much for at least for some sharper betters. But it will move it for me, I think, uh, for at least for how much I'm going to be putting down. I mean, I'm still for sure going to have a bet on Indy, I think, at three. But I just really like it more if we just get some something new, kind of like a new quarterback coming in, just kind of a change up the feel and give the team a little bit of confidence uh, from the kicking game perspective. So, but either way, I, I don't understand this number. It just seems like an overreaction on both on both teams. So yeah, give me the Indy side. Yeah, you're buying Tampa at the absolute high. That's what even I felt a little bit weird betting Tampa laying points on the road last week because it just felt like you were buying into to Jameis a little bit too much. But it was more so just a fade of the of Jacksonville, and I think that's pretty much how it played out. It wasn't like Tampa did anything spectacular. It was more so that the Jags are just just horrendous right now. And this just seems to me like you're kind of buying Indy low, selling Tampa high. It seems like a great number. I don't think Tampa's got a great home field either, so. The fact they're getting the full three here seems pretty absurd. The only thing that gives me pause again, like we've mentioned week in and week out with, with the Colts, is their injuries. Supposedly, Marlon Max can be back with his hand injury, but he's still questionable. And then Hilton's questionable again. And it seems like sometimes he goes when you're not sure if you think he's going to. And then the next time he, he, uh, you know, doesn't go and, or whatever. One time he does, one time he doesn't. When, regardless of what you hear throughout the weeks, it seems like he's been questionable about half the weeks. So that, that is a little worrisome because, like we said, I think the offense changes to a different dynamic when he's in there. But you just look at Tampa over the last month, and they've won three of their last four, beat the Cardinals in a weird either-or game. They got destroyed by the Saints, and then they beat the Falcons in just kind of a bizarre Falcons game, too, and then they killed the Jags, who haven't been trying here for a while. So give them credit, but I don't think anything's all that impressive. Like, oh, boy, this Tampa team is really starting to figure it out. They're incapable of, of putting up a bad performance here. Uh, and then, conversely, the Colts, they, I, even though they lost by 14 last week, 
it definitely you know, could have gone either way. It wasn't like they got manhandled from the beginning, and then they lost to the Texans by three the week before, and, and they beat that Jags, aforementioned Jags team. So they haven't been good here for a while, and it's been a lot of injury-related stuff. But it's not like they've been atrocious or just laying over and teams have been destroying them. So the fact you're getting a full field goal here seems like a good bit of value for me, and uh, is absolutely the way I'm going to look here. Next game, we go to the late games. Uh, we got the Chargers heading to Jacksonville. Chargers laying three here on the road and a total of 43. Um, yeah, my par right here, Chargers three, look at line, Chargers minus one. Westgate open, Chargers three minus 120, and the total you're open, 44. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into this one too much. I think, it, it, I think there is a little bit of hope for Jacksonville and Mitchell's coming in the game, but I just, I don't really know if I buy it either. I just, it just seems too hard. I think this Jacksonville team is just kind of thrown in the towel and, and, the last two weeks, two weeks ago, we saw them, okay, the markets devalued them a lot. Now this is kind of a step-up spot, and they lost that, and so they got devalued even more. And then now you're kind of seeing the same thing here. It just, uh, you know, Chargers obviously lost and were favorites on the road in a similar point spread range last week. And and they were kind of close there. They kind of came back from behind, but, you know, it wasn't very impressive either way. And then you just the same thing over and over again with Rivers and, and this coaching staff. It's just not, uh, you know, just can't win close games. And now you got to ask them to go on the road again and, in a warmer environment, um, uh, traveling, I guess it is, isn't an early time, but you still have to travel east, uh, from, you know, the West Coast. So just, you know, a lot of different things that just, it's just really hard for me to, to, to back the Chargers here, I think, and especially when Phillip Rivers is getting older. I think the only way I could bet this game is Jacksonville, but I just don't know if I can get to the window. <laughs> if I can get to the window, it's just, uh, it's just, I don't know if I can back this Jacksonville team until they show me something. And I mean, there's other teams that have shown a pulse for Jacksonville, uh, like you said. Just hasn't really shown much of a pulse here, uh, like, like last week and the, the weeks prior. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, Jacksonville, the only way I could bet it, but, you know, most likely be passing this game. And no opinion for me. I just think Jacksonville's been rolled, rolled over here and hasn't really been trying much. But what you said with Minshew coming back in, who knows if maybe that gives him a little bit of a boost or maybe it doesn't. But I know when he was in there before, he had some success. He was just pretty conservative. And the Chargers, conversely, I just don't have any interest of laying a field goal or more with them on the road. And they just they've found ways to squander games. And I know that that's not a new or you know shockingly great insight or anything like that. But at the same time, it's true, and it's been that way for a while. So I think the Chargers are a better team. Obviously, the points bet reflects that. Uh, not a team I trust, and or who knows what kind of effort you're going to get with them, with the fact that they're. You know, at four, four and eight here, both teams. When you get games like this, like, would it really surprise you if either one of these teams just absolutely destroyed the other and one team didn't try at all? It really wouldn't. So, not a game that I'm all that interested in handicapping or, or really watching, to be honest. Next game, uh, kind of the opposite here. Pretty good one. We got Kansas City heading to New England. The Pats here laying three at home with a total of 48 and a half, 49. Yeah, my power in here, uh, uh, Patriots minus three. Look headline. Patriots four. Westgate open. Patriots three. And the total here open forty nine. Uh, I wanted to come into this game betting the, the Patriots, but I've been. I think. I think that it's kind of crazy. I think I've been a little bit higher on the markets here the last few weeks or last month on Kansas City. Um, really haven't found. A, you, I guess you kind of first might laugh here because I bet against them last week. I just thought that the Oakland was getting even more devalued. Um, that's why I did come in with a play on Oakland, just figuring it was more of a numbers, uh, it was more of a numbers bet more than a which team I like more. But, um, 
I, I, I think uh, Kansas City after last week, I think you're kind of seeing them, their power rating, everybody, you know, bump right back into form with Kansas City. It's kind of crazy how quickly this this marketplace can, can bounce right back into shape. You might think, okay, I can get a little bit of value here in another game, but no, and, uh, I, and I think a lot of it's kind of a perfect storm for the number two when New England didn't look very good either in prime time. So, um, I mean, I like I said, I think I'm a little bit higher on the markets than than Kansas City is even, but it just, uh, I don't know, it doesn't really seem like you're getting much value at all, and it's, you're going to need quite a bit of value for me to go against New England, and even earlier this year I bet against them once or twice, and I just told myself I just, I'm just i not going to do that. Uh, it's either New England or pass. You just kind of get tired of getting burned. So that's what I'm, I'm going to follow that uh, the, the trend here that I that I or follow uh, you know what I've what I might the pack that I put to myself of of, bet, of betting wise in New England games and I didn't I, I liked the little bit of, uh, leaned Houston last week uh, and I just didn't bet it so that was I, I should have gone there but again it's just hard to bet against New England but this time here I definitely like the New England side more than the Kansas City side just based on the number uh, on three um, it's just hard to imagine it's going to come less than three uh, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see where this number moves if. It comes off the three, but uh, like I said, I, you would expect this to kind of sit at three all week. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit of Patriots money come on the public, but uh, I think this is just a, a pretty good buy low spot for the Patriots. I think for sure. I mean, they're kind of. I think you're kind of seeing them. Oh, they don't have their offenses not working, and they have problems. And oh, now the defense looked bad against Houston once they played a, a better team. So now, you know, that's a huge red flag. And I don't know. This just seems like a spot where New England comes in and wins like a. a Maybe a lower, sloppier game where they kind of win and, and look okay. That's what you know New England does to you type of thing. So, uh, not not a super convincing bet for me, but uh, yeah, the only way I can bet this game is, is New England. Yeah, just spot wise, Kansas City coming off a blowout in the afternoon game that it was the main afternoon game, and then the, the Pats coming off a primetime loss where they just looked totally inept offensively. You would just think. You know, there's a, it's a good, really good spot for New England, and it probably is. And I did really, it's disappointing to me because <laughs> I, I wanted to bet the Chiefs here, and I just, I know the look ahead, what was the look ahead? Three and a half? Uh, it was four. Four. Okay, so obviously it's moved down here. And I know I looked at it before the games, um, and I think it was five dimes, and I saw like three and a half with extra juice towards the Patriots, and I, I thought about betting the Chiefs. But I just figured, I'm like, well, maybe the Patriots will look good against Houston. And, you know, that line will move up, if anything. But, of course, the way it played out, that definitely wasn't the case. Um, I don't know. I just think I think Kansas City is going to win the game. So I think taking the money line at plus 145, whatever, any, anywhere in there is the, the play to me. I, I do agree that it's fashionable here to, to throw dirt on the, the Pats offense. And they still are 10-2. and two, So... I understand they're a good team. They got a really good defense, but I just think in today's day and age, offense beats defense. And I've, I wasn't just last week for me by any means. I've been on the, the Pats offense just hasn't looked right for basically the whole season. And even though I've taken them a couple times begrudgingly, like against Baltimore, uh, it just seems to me like Brady's just getting super pissed off because nobody gets open ever. And whether it's him slipping or there's just nobody to go to, it just seems like it's a real issue. And I'm sure Belichick's going to scheme some stuff up and, and, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out on some level. But, you know, Kansas City went in there, I think it was opening night like last year or whatever and destroyed them when they were kind of up and coming. And to me, it just seems like in today's day and age with how much of an advantage the offenses have, if Mahomes looks right, which he, 
he's kind of looked a little shaky as he came back, so that gives me a little bit of pause. But if, if he's right or even close to right and they put up some points, I think their defense has been playing good enough where I don't see the Patriots being able to keep pace. And, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it's never it's never a good uh, – over the last 15, 20 years here, it hasn't been profitable to bet against the Patriots. But and I know people have been trying to <laughs> call it the end here many, many times over the last 10 years. But it just seems to me like this this might be uh, kind of crescendoing here towards the end. And uh, even though their record's still really good, I just haven't been all that impressed with with what they've done as a whole this year. Uh, I mean, offensively, obviously their defense has been really solid, but if the Chiefs get going at all, I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up. So not my favorite bet I've ever made, but I, I just think uh, Kansas City's going to win the game. So I'll take a I'll take a shot with the the money line there with Kansas City. Next game we got Pittsburgh heading to Arizona rematch of that Super Bowl from ten years ago. Uh, Pittsburgh laying two and a half here, three on the road with a total of 43 and a half. Yeah, my power rain here, Pittsburgh minus one. Look at line was a pick'em. Westgate opened a pick'em. Uh, the total here opened 45 and a half. And yeah, like you mentioned, uh, a lot of Pittsburgh money here. And, uh, yeah, this one, I, I don't know. I, I've, I obviously had a bet on Pittsburgh last week and, and it got there. But, uh, again, I don't know. My, my screen's showing Rudolph's quarterback. I don't know. I gotta double check that, but. If that's the case, because I thought that Hodges was going again, what Tomlin said. So now I'm kind of, I got to look into that more because that kind of caught me off guard here. Um, yeah, it says Hodges really, will continue to start, is what Tomlin said. Huh. Yeah, I wonder. That's weird because this is, uh, anyway, I have to look into that more. But it's, um, either way, um, yeah, it just seems like, you know, again, you're just not really getting a whole lot of value on Pittsburgh. And now you're asking Pittsburgh to be in a similar point spread range like the Rams were last week uh, on the road. Uh, into Arizona, and it just it seems like I don't think you can really say Pittsburgh's the same team as the Rams right now. And I'm not too high on the Rams at all, but it just seems like uh, Pittsburgh going on the road just a whole different animal. And especially after a big a big win in a divisional game like that, it just seems like you know, and then Arizona in a divisional game after a, a blowout loss, an embarrassing loss, probably the worst loss of the season. It just really seems like an Arizona spot, but. I wanted to bet Arizona last week, and I, I ended up staying away, so I'm glad about that. Uh, I ended up making the right decision, even though I would have got a better number when I wanted to bet it. But um, it, it just seems like here uh, this game's going to be going to three. It's just hard to imagine it's not. Uh, the way Arizona looked last week and Pittsburgh looked last week, it just seems like the public's going to be all over Pittsburgh. So I, I, I'll probably take a, a three out of principle here just on Arizona, but not, not a game I absolutely love. But it just seems like, again, uh, value-wise, you're just getting a decent amount of value on Arizona. Yeah, to me, the only unit out of the four I trust here is the Pittsburgh defense. Don't really like Arizona much at all and not sure what to make of the Pittsburgh offense. So to me, the only way I'd bet this game is Pittsburgh. But like you said, I don't think it's good value. I don't trust Pittsburgh lane points on the road or haven't been all that high on them. So I give Tomlin credit for getting them to where they have been with all their injuries. And like you said, their defense ranks third in DVOA. So I, I think they have been playing really good ball defensively. And Arizona, I think, even though they've had some success this year, I, I don't think that's likely to continue. I mean, they're three eight and one, so it's not like they've been setting the world on fire. But I just every time I watch Arizona, I'm really just not that impressed with them. And their wins were against a free falling Falcons team, the Giants team that was at the Giants, and then the Bengals. So, uh, you know, I think obviously Pittsburgh's a step above those teams. So you're talking about this two and a half here, and you're asking them to pretty much win the game. 
I don't think it's a good bet to bet on Arizona to win a game against anybody, really. And even though it's at home, but how big is their home field advantage when they're totally out of it? And it's not even a great home field really to begin with. Uh, so I, I would lean Pittsburgh. I mean, honestly, it could be a deal with Pittsburgh travels. There might be as many Pittsburgh fans there as, as Arizona fans. So I don't know how much the home field advantage is really going to play into it. But that being said, yeah, with the Duck Hodge as a quarterback and just kind of devoid of talent there on offense, I don't really trust Pittsburgh. So I don't think I'll be betting them, but. If I was forced to in a contest or whatnot, I'll I'll be taking Pittsburgh and hold my nose. Next game, we got Tennessee heading to Oakland. Tennessee here must be taking some money. It seems like they're laying two and a half here on the road with a total of 47. Yeah, taking money they are. Uh, power rating, Tennessee minus two and a half. Look at line, pick them. Westgate open. I'm um, saying Tennessee three. I got to double check that. And then uh, Westgate total open here, 47. Um. It seems to me, like, again, just like value-wise here, I mean, boy, you're getting a lot of value on Oakland. I mean, Tennessee, I just haven't been ultra-impressed with. I mean, last week I think was a pretty phony win, somewhat phony win at least, and then just, you know, the last couple of weeks I just haven't been overly impressed with. And, again, I mentioned on the podcast last week because my biggest bet of the week was on Indy. You just look at the, the run defense that they've had to play. Um, it, it, it really comes down to, okay, how – how good's the how good's the run defense of of <laughs> that they're going against? And the, the problem is, is obviously Oakland's not that high either. They're they're pretty they're really poor run defense as well. So I mean, uh, it yeah that that's the one pause I have here. But I mean, with that being said, I just feel like Oakland. Uh, it just seems like this is the spot they they have to step up in, especially when they're still you know kind of in the playoff race to an extent and. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, I, it does worry me though that they had two no shows in a row because I thought their spot to step up last was last week and they really didn't. But again, maybe that was just more Kansas City than than Oakland. Um, but and the, Kansas City come out the bye too. But yeah, this Tennessee team it just seems like they're getting a lot of love and respect right now, and I just don't think it's warranted at all. And I, I, I think they're just getting way too much. Uh, so it's, it's more of a bet against Tennessee than a bet on Oakland. But I think you are getting Oakland at a. They're definitely being mis, uh, you know, definitely devalued by the markets a ton too. And this is definitely the lowest you've gotten in Oakland pretty much since the preseason. So, um, yeah, I think uh, another one where you're getting quite a bit of value here on Oakland. And I don't, wouldn't be surprised at all this game gets to a flat three. It's already kind of uh, heading there. And yeah, if uh, it gets to three, I'll be on Oakland uh, just out of principle again, kind of like the last game. Yeah, you know, when people like Simmons are putting Tennessee and stuff, saying. They're pretty much a lock to win games on the road because they're a good football team. As we know, the the love's going a little too far for Tennessee. I just made the case for Indy last week with all the semi-fraudulent wins Tennessee's had, and, you know, they pulled it out, so give them credit. They've won, what, five out of six now? And you can say, oh, you know, it happened to coincide with Tannehill coming in, and he has been an upgrade, but like I said, it's just another one last week. They win by 14 at, at Indy, but... Boy, that could have very easily uh, been a loss in a lot of ways. So I just, I don't know. I just don't think they're that good of a team, even though they're on this this great run. And I, I agree. Oakland was in a decent spot last week. Could have expected them to bounce back, but uh, I do think the Chiefs just kind of got up on them early, and and then they had the card that pick six, and they just kind of spiraled out of control, which can kind of happen against what I think is still a top top tier AFC team. So. At six and six, especially in the, the AFC, I don't think they're out of it by any means. So I think you're going to get, you know, a premier effort here from Oakland, who's not spectacular, but I think Gruden's a decent coach, and 
at least offensively, they should be able to, to, to do a little something, even though Tennessee's got a pretty solid defense. But Oakland, I think, is the most susceptible to throwing, to being thrown on with their secondary. And I just don't trust Tannehill to, to roll the ball on the road against even a bad secondary like Oakland. Cause I think they just want to run the ball and Oakland's run defense isn't great, but it's definitely better than their pass defense. So. Uh, I don't think it's a spectacular matchup by any means for Tennessee. And the fact that there's lane points on the road here again, back-to-back weeks, it just seems kind of crazy to me. So outside of it being against a total bottom feeder, which Oakland I don't think is a bottom feeder. Obviously, they're more of a middle-of-the-road team. just seems pretty crazy. So I'd, I'd bet Oakland at 2.5. But, yeah, like you said, if it gets a 3 or even now I see some 3s extra juice, and I'm sure the money's only going to be coming in on Tennessee because of what's happened the last couple of weeks here to, to Oakland and to Tennessee. So I'm just going to let everybody keep betting Tennessee all week, and then I'll come in right at the buzzer and, and bet a little Oakland uh, wherever it ends up at and feel pretty good about it. All right, on to the Sunday night game. you got Seattle heading to the Rams. Looks like uh, it's pretty much a pick em, is what I'm saying for the most part, the total of 47. Um, yeah, let's see. My power in here, Rams minus one and a half. Look at line Seattle minus three minus one twenty, uh, crazy. Um, and then the Westgate open here Seattle two and a half. And then after, uh, and then it was readjusted. I don't know if it was obviously taking money or what, but then just open Seattle two and a half, and then uh, went down to Seattle one and a half um, Monday or Tuesday morning. So uh, kind of crazy with that move. Just uh, not obviously you wouldn't think could be from the Monday night result considering they won and covered uh, Seattle. That is. Um, but more so probably just, uh, some love for the Rams after one, one good game. So, um, so I guess, yeah, from a turn from a value perspective, I think you got to kind of, you know, cause if you look at just the look at line, obviously there's a lot of value here on Seattle. But if you look at the line, you know, maybe preseason or a couple weeks ago, I think you're going to get some value on, on the Rams a little bit. So I don't know. I think it just comes down to, uh, where you think, but I think it seems to me like I just, uh, this seems like kind of like you should, uh, a spot where you should take the Rams here, especially Seattle on a short week. Uh, look good, all that stuff on, on prime time against a, a, a good opponent in, in the Vikings. But I just really don't trust this Rams team, especially against a, a very capable Seattle defense. I just don't trust Goff at all. Even at home, I don't think it matters. It just seems like he's going to have success against those bottom feeder type of teams. But then now you go up to a team like Seattle and not grant they're not stellar on. On, on defense by any stretch, but it just seems like they're, they're the type of team that is going to give, um, they're going to, they're going to give golf problems. That just kind of seems like what, what the type of team they're going to be, uh, in Seattle's defense. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. This one's tough for me. I'm, I'm most likely not going to be involved either, either which way on this one. It just seems like, uh, I, I don't really know what to make of them. I, I'm really not too high on Seattle. I'm really not too high on the Rams and, uh, the number comes in, uh, my power rate number seems like, you should be betting the Rams, and then value-wise from the Wookiee line, it seems like you should back Seattle. So, yeah, to me, it's just uh, one of the easier passes on the board, but, again, it's going to be a pretty good game. Yeah, that's uh, – look at number. That's where it seems like, okay, you know, I, I've been wanting to fade Seattle. That that price seems more than fair to fade Seattle. Take Rams plus three, even money. Like, you know, lock that in just out of principle. But like you said, now that it moves back, it's like, well, you're getting a little bit of value there in Seattle from the look-ahead line. But I just, I think Seattle's just wildly overrated. I think they're okay at best. I mean, not okay at best. I shouldn't say they're they're definitely an above-average team, but they're not an elite number one seed type team. I think they're uh, they should be like a five-six seed 
you know, fighting for a wild card berth, not to say if the games are nine and one in the one score games, if they're, you know, whatever, five and five or even six and four, then they're sitting there trying to get a wild card and beat out this Rams team for the, for the sixth seed, which I think is more of who they are. They've just been really fortunate here in a lot of close games. But that being said, like, I just don't trust Goff either. I mean, he's, he looked better last week, sure, but it was against Arizona. I don't know. Arizona, just like I said, I've been very, very unimpressed with them in a lot of different games this year. So, yeah, it's good. Better than losing, obviously, and great for him. They got on back on track and got 400 yards passing. Um, and, and I do think Seattle, you can pass on them a lot. So, in a way, I think they do match up fairly well with Seattle because I I think that's their biggest problem is, is just Goff and the passing game getting going for whatever reason this year. And I don't, I do think they will be able to against Seattle. Um, well that, yeah, so that, that being said, it just seems like uh, here when you're just asking which team is going to win, it just seems to me like it is kind of a coin flip game. I could definitely see it going either way. And, uh, yeah, it's the only really thing. I don't really feel great about betting either side. So if you force me to, I think I would probably lean Seattle. Just because I trust Wilson so much more than than Goff, but I, just, I don't know. I just like I was on the Rams in Seattle a few weeks ago when they played. I believe that was a primetime game too, and uh, the Rams should have won that game outright, and they missed the field goal late, and I still ended up covering my one and a half because they they lost the game by one. But that was just basically a you know back and forth game that. Either side could have easily won, and this just has the feeling to me of the same type of game. So, good one to watch. Not not one that I feel strongly enough to get involved with financially. Monday night, pretty awful game here. Uh, maybe the start of the Eli Revenge Tour. You got uh, Eli Manning back at the helm, most likely heading into Philadelphia. Philly laying nine and a half here off that performance against the Dolphins with a total of 46. Um, yeah, my power rating, Philadelphia minus 10. Look at line, Philadelphia minus 8. Westgate open, Philadelphia 7.5, and the total you're open 47. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm getting pretty sick of watching Eli play. I mean, now we're going to watch him in prime time. It's just, uh, boy, what a, what a bad game. I mean, uh, I'm not, I, I'm not going to be able to bet the Giants here. I just don't trust Eli at all. I mean, now you add in that he's rusty, hasn't played in several games or pretty much all season other than the start of the season. I mean, yeah. Um, to he me, this is much worse like, than Jones, though. Jones has looked pretty horrendous for basically his whole time in there. Yeah, I mean, but it's funny because people were saying how uh, last week he didn't, it wasn't that great. But, uh, again, I think a lot of that could be weather-related, too. But, I mean, before that, he was talking about how he's kind of four-game or whatever stretch where he looked pretty solid. And he had, I don't know what his QBR was, but he had some pretty good games, uh, decent games there. Where they, So, I don't know. I, I, I trust him a lot more than Eli. Um, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, this is a, a, a high price, but the only way I could bet this game would be Philadelphia. But, yeah, just a fairly easy game to pass and not a game I'm really interested in whatsoever. Just a, a pretty pretty bad game, and it'll be interesting to see. I know people have been talking about it, but that Philadelphia-Dallas race, uh, one of them will get in to win that NFC East. And, yeah, boy, uh, I don't know. That's that's where you look at the system for uh, the NFL and how uh, you look at a flawed, flawed type of system. I don't really know how you'd do it, but uh, it seems like, this Philly or Dallas team, I don't know if they necessarily deserve to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, anybody who's quoting good Daniel Jones stats should definitely not be listened to anymore because <laughs> the two good games he had were the Jets when they were down by 30 and they had a bunch of garbage time stuff and he ended up with four touchdowns and looked 
way better than it actually was. And then the other good game he had was the Lions, where they were totally dominated early, and then he had some garbage time points to get him to that cheap backdoor cover. That's another one where he had four touchdowns and zero interceptions, and those were his two good performances. Under that, he's been pretty horrendous. So every every good thing he's basically done has been in garbage time. And I agree saying that. I kind of said a little tongue-in-cheek because even when you think, oh, Eli couldn't be any worse than that, he, he, he can find a way to dig deeper. So I know it's in him, not saying that it's guaranteed, but I just I think they've got really – poor performance out of the quarterback position in general. And maybe that has to do with the lack of talent around them and, you know, a, a scheme thing or whatever. So I'm not totally saying Jones is a bust and blaming it fully on him. But I just don't think Eli being in there, I, I don't know. I don't think it's really going to be much of a drop-off at all. And I don't know if this line is adjusting for Eli coming in. But if uh, what do, you, do you think there's been an adjustment based on that in particular or? Yeah, I think, I mean, well, the problem is it's such a dead number, uh, but there's, I think there have been maybe a, t- a tad bit of an adjustment, but I, I mean, just to go off the point, I mean, you look at it, I, I don't know, with Eli, I mean, just look at the QBR for, for Daniel, uh, not like I said, I'm not too high on it at all either, but last, uh, starts, last game, 59 QBR, 50, and then a 70, and then you yeah, have the Dallas game, he had a 28, and then before that in Detroit, he had a 49, so I mean, a 49 ran the, but every one being above average quarterback based on QBR. And then he had the one outlier at the 70 and the one outlier. He had one touchdown and three interceptions. Like, yeah, his QBR was 50, but I mean, we, I watched, we watched that game pretty intently. I, I wasn't going like, oh boy, but he make a lot of great throws this game. Uh, yeah. And I think you just got to take it with a grain of salt when you have a bad weather game like that where it's snowing and you can't, uh, you know, you can't throw the ball too well and you're not, not used to that weather necessarily. But anyway, we don't okay. have to argue about Daniel Jones and Eli because, like I said, I don't have any interest in the game either way. But I think it's I think it's definitely a downgrade from from Daniel to, to Eli for sure in my handicap. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I just I don't think he's played well at all ever since his first game against Tampa. That everybody kind of has that lingering in their head, it's throwing him off the scent. I just think he has a better name than than his production has been here. But we'll we'll see. Um, I just think the the Eagles, the fact that they were in a pretty good spot last week and were laying 10 or whatever, ended up being at Miami and lost outright in a not really fluky game at all. It just basically got outplayed. Uh, it's just pretty worrisome to me. And yeah, they're still in the, still in the division. So you'd think they'd have something to fight for and the Giants wouldn't. But it just seems to me like, I mean, I don't know if I trust Philly Harley to win the game, let alone to win by double digits. That just seems crazy to me. I, you know, you don't necessarily make money betting bad teams in the NFL, and I know that, so it's not something I'm going to take out a second mortgage to go back the Giants here. But this, this to me just seems pretty nuts that Philly's laying this price against anybody. And you never know if – and I think Eli was well-liked, according to everybody. It's not like people you know, were excited to get him out of there. So I think, if anything, you're going to get a step up in effort from people to try to give Eli a you know, going-away party here the last couple games of the – of the season. So to me, this just seems nuts. I'll definitely be on the giants here uh, at nine and a half and hopefully it gets up to 10 and I'll double down on it. So, all right, that'll do her for uh, week 14. Let's go ahead and wrap up the pod with a couple picks of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So last week I had the over in the giants Packers game and uh 45 was my over. I threw the caveat in there of the weather. 
and uh, ended up getting down to 43 and a half due to that weather, and it ended up ending at 44. So if anybody backed my pick of the week and listened to it on Sunday morning, they got a W, but unfortunately the number I put it at didn't quite get there, missed by a point. So that's a loser, drops me to 4 and 8 on the season. Rob had Indy laying 2.5, and and that uh, didn't get there either. And so he gets to five and seven on the year, but does keep, I mean, five, yeah, five and seven on the year, but does keep the tee box with a game lead. So where are you looking this week here, Rob? Um, yeah, to, to me, I think there's, I like a decent amount here, but I know a couple of games we talked about, uh, not quite, not quite where the number I expected to be or where I'm going to be, uh, super excited about it. Um, I have a feeling I know where you're going to be going, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave that one to you. I think I'm going to go to a, a total here, and um, I'm going to bet uh, that Cincy Cleveland over, I think. I feel like it's just a lower number, and uh, I feel like this uh, – I, I won't be surprised, to be honest, if Cleveland got there themselves, um, and then Cincy just put up uh, put up some points. So, yeah, um, I don't know what the prevailing number is here. Um, it's either 40 and a half, 41. Probably 41, I think, would be the fairest number, so – We'll do uh, over 41 Cincinnati uh, at Cleveland pick of the week. All right. Um, yeah, I got got a few here. Um, but I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a toll of myself, and I'm going to go ahead and take the over in that Miami Jets game. I think it uh, looks like it's 45 pretty much across the board. I just think that's uh, destined for some points, so. We got a couple of uh interdivision AFC overs on the slate here for the the AS picks of the week. Uh all right, that'll do her. Any concluding thoughts on the week fourteen pod, Rob? No, I think uh we keep saying it sound like broken records, but I think uh we're bound to uh have a good week here, uh between the two of us. I think it's might be a time here. I've have this card looks pretty uh, a little juicy, I think. You're getting some good value on some of these teams and uh I'm hoping to have a pretty good, uh, pretty good weekend here for sure. So hopefully that'll uh, come to fruition. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like. I think there's a lot of juicy plays here too. So I'll uh, gonna be in Vegas this weekend to experience it. You'll be rolling solo here on the couch, having to navigate the, the TVs by yourself. So hopefully, maybe that change of scenery will will change up the juju here and, and get us rolling to. Uh, down the home stretch of the season here, so yeah, like yeah, we said you went on the bad run last time when you uh, went to New York when we went there a couple months ago. So maybe we can yeah yeah reverse jinx it here uh, when you uh, go out out and travel the other side, other coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe heading out west will will change up the pace a little bit and get her going in another direction because I could uh, could certainly use it. But alrighty, well that'll do her. Have uh, have a good weekend yourself, and best of luck to you. Best of luck to all the listeners with their bets. And I'll be back from Vegas next week to uh, look ahead to next week and see you then. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.